What's going on? How you doing today, man? Matt, it's been a long time, man. We're uh, we're in a little bit of a dry spell with the podcast because I, I heard you were on vacation. We had a little summer vacay planned and way on the island, but uh, back now. That's so good, man. We'll we'll be having our regularly scheduled weekly pods, but turtle, I got to tell you, it's I'm pissed. You're pissed. I'm pissed. You're depressed, huh? I mean, it's my it's part depression and it's part just really ticked off. What's and the reasoning behind that, my boy? I got to tell you that I can't make a trade to save my life and these guys in this league, I'm pulling my hair out. I got rejections on all overtures made for the past 72 hours, just reject after reject. Why Good do you think that is? My so here's my beef. We're in the we're in the dead part of the off season. OTAs are done. We're in like a four to six week dry spell b- before training camp starts up, and everyone has no news. So all it's like the stock market just being frozen. No stocks going up and down. Everything's just getting recycled. It's it's hot take articles, and that's it. And guess what? Everyone's in love with their team. Here's the problem. There are only going to be so many contending teams. And the fact that it's an arms race for everyone, and there's teams looking around at the rest of the league and thinking they actually have a top six shot, it's baffling to me. And I, I don't disagree with that. I can't get rid of a first-round pick. For I'm not even talking about good players. I mean, well, I will tell you if I'm, I'm I will not sell a first-round pick for certain players. You know, there's a certain timeshare running back out there that the owner wants an RB for uh, that wants a first-round pick for that RB, and I will tell you over my dead body. Wow. And I'm comboing young upside talent for with picks for proven vets to teams that I think are clearly going to be by week four selling out. And guess what? If you're selling at that part of the season, you're not going to get as good as a price as I'm offering to you right now because mm. I want to be at the front of the line. You do. And... I just I can't comprehend it. Like you're either a contender or you're a pretender. And we got a lot of pretenders. <laughs> we got a lot of pretenders. I love it. And, I honestly love it. I love it. And I mean, let me go a bit further. I got responses from people saying no trade talk, please. <laughs> Bro, you in a dynasty league. I need you to be responsive. And with feedback to each and every trade offer I send you, I don't care if it's 2 o'clock on a work day (laughs) or midnight on a Sunday. That feedback is necessary. You're in the league for a reason. (sighs) I got others that are saying I just don't have the time. (laughs) I literally don't know what to do. I haven't had a second to think about it. Man, I don't know. Like, you take a shower? You drive a car? (laughs) Like... Holy crap. 
this ain't rocket science. I'm overpaying for your guy. <laughs> Press accept. Turtle. This is the best segment we've ever done on this show because it's absolutely the most hilarious thing I've ever heard in my life. And oh Turtle, I know you've been having some luck moving dudes around. I don't know. Are you feeling like you're making lateral – like are you feeling like you're getting killer deals? Or are you feeling like, yeah, like uh, I'm wheeling and dealing, but I don't feel like each and every move I'm getting a tangible step ahead. I'm just like I'm bored and I'm moving my parts. Or are you strategically building towards something? Like how, like you've been you've been doing a few moves, but even overall vol- trade volume is down. I mean, yeah, absolutely. If this was a stock market, we would be deep in deep recession territory. We go, <clears throat> and a, a recession is two quarters of downward growth in the economy. Let's apply this to to weeks. We got week over week. We're in deep bear recession territory. People aren't moving squads, and it's highly concerning to me when I have assets to the gills, and you I do. can't I can't even buy bread. It's like it's like being in Russia after World War II. My money's not worth anything. I got a wheelbarrow, and they're saying you can't even have a slice of bread. What is going on, Turtle? You know what it is, man? People overvalue their guys like it's not even – it's not even in the realm of possibilities why these people are overvaluing players that haven't even stepped foot on the NFL football field. Yeah. Right? The yep. sketchy, the sketchiest part about it is that kids in our league won't even look over a trade and look at the numbers to see where a value can be had. They're just looking at the name recognition of each player that gets sent to them, and they're saying, "Oh, the name recognition doesn't jag, jog, like jog anything in my brain for me to make a move." It's lazy. It's lazy. It's off, It's the off season. I understand that, but keep that sheesh. For redrafts, you're grinding in Dynasty. Every you day you're on top of the news. You're, like, you should know the third stringer on every team's depth chart. Agreed. And you every down to the third stringer, and if it's a wide receiver room, down to the fifth wide receiver, name recognition should be there. You should know all those guys. Yes, but that's what I'm saying. The name recognition of the top guys disallows for a trade to be had if it's – players that don't have as much name recognition and i feel like that's what's happening a lot so if it's not a guy like jamar chase or justin jefferson or you know cmc or saquon saquon's not even a great example but just guys that are already recognized in the nfl and you're trying to offer either younger players or guys that are a little little bit of a tier below, it's just not going to be had because they're just not going to do the research on it. They're not going to see that, oh, this guy finished as as wide receiver 25 with an absolute shit quarterback last year, so he has room for improvement because they just had a really big quarterback upgrade. So people are just kind of downplaying and not doing the research to see what is a good trade and what's not. There's a few guys in the league that do it, but for the majority, it's just – if it doesn't match the name recognition that you want on your team, you're not going to make the trade. So you lose out on a crap ton of value if you're playing that way. Yeah, I'll tell you right now. I offered someone a guy who finished in the top 12 at his position last year. Yep. In average points per game. And I was requesting someone who finished – 
outside of the top 24 at their position. Was he hurt? No. Wow. And I was told that, no, I prefer my guy straight up. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I, I don't even know what to do with that. Like, I don't like, I can't, you can't, I don't, I don't know how you attack such deep stupidity. <laughs> well, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of sad because a lot of people, I feel like in dynasty, especially in our league lately, and I'm not talking about everybody. No, no way. A lot of people live in the past on what the past was, on what the past production was. And they don't look towards what the future holds with these players that are on better teams with better quarterbacks and they're younger at their respective positions. So if someone's going to be living in the past in Dynasty, they're just going to die out eventually, which kind of sucks because it kind of takes the competitive edge out of the Dynasty League. And there's only going to be a certain amount of teams that are going to compete each year. Like you said, there's going to be pretenders. And there's going to be contenders. It's so many pretenders. And, and what we have, and honestly, I, I, I agree with you. And even me, looking at my team right now, I don't think that I'm a top contender at all. I think that there needs to be a few moves for me to make, and I need a lot of chips to fall in the right direction for me in order to contend. I think that I will be a playoff team, but that doesn't necessarily right now at this moment mean that I think I can win the league because I don't think I can. I have a very – I have a young young quarterbacks, and then I have – some young players, some good assets, and then a lot of wily old vets, you know, that they need to they need to dominate at their respective position. But some of these other guys, man, it's crazy to think that they think that they're going to be winning this league. I mean, I'm looking around and 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 people are, people are thinking their team is going to be doing extraordinary things. <laughs> and they as a manager are doing the most basic ordinary things. So tell me how the two are going to connect. You're they don't. your team ordinary, but you're saying your team's going to be extraordinary. I don't get it. Turtle, <laughs> we got to move on because guess what? I'm going to be even more pissed than when we started before you maybe start talking about this damn thing. But it's such a good way to go into a podcast, man. It's the real shit. It's the shit that pisses you off throughout the off season. That really just grinds your gears, and then you know what? Maybe this, maybe this will hear, maybe this will get into the ears of our fellow league mates, and it will flip a switch. And that is what I'm hoping for. Flip that freaking switch. Yeah, probably deaf ears, but we'll see. We can always hope. We talk stock market. Yes, trade market, stock market. We're going to continue our um, multi-week segment on stock up, stock down. We arrive today at the AFC North, and. Let's let's speak some truth into this segment. Let's talk about players whose stocks are moving up and why, and players whose stocks are moving down and why. And name recognition, big name, small name, I don't care. If they're a big mover or a big faller, they need to be talked about with reason and emotion left out of it. That's the point of this segment. So, Turtle... Let's roll into that. You got it. Tell us what team you want to start with. I would like to start with the uh, Baltimore Ravens. Boy, oh boy, you want to start? Stock you, up. Tell you're me gonna you be got. you're gonna be happy because my stock up for this segment for the Baltimore Ravens is none other than your boy, who you tried to trade me today, Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman is also my stock up, and that's because his stock is. 
way up. Uh, it's up. It's there's no doubt about it. I mean, Hollywood leaves. There's a huge target share to be had. Cha-ching. Who's going to step in to that role? Is it going to be all pro special teams player Devin Duvernay? Maybe. But I highly doubt that. And Rashad Bateman's season is upon us. I think Rashad Bateman can finish as a mid-range wide receiver one this year. Mm. What do you think? Do you think he can be do you think he can be go that high? Uh, I mean, he has all the opportunity. That would certainly be, in my mind, a mid-range wide receiver one would be um, where I think his ceiling might tap out, at least this season. Yep. I agree with that. I think that the really big positive with Rashad Bateman is that if he's your wide receiver three on your roster, you're you're feeling so confident. And you know what? With you, you're even in a better position because he's like your wide receiver six. Yep. In reality. I'll, I'll tell you what. It, it's all upside for Rashad Bateman compared to what you would have to pay for him. Right? So I'm looking at uh, – I pulled this ADP data. This is Dynasty Startup ADP data. This is yeah, from bring Fantasy it. Pros. Um, and it was a 1QB Dynasty Startup. I think a lot of uh, – a lot of um, – folks out there are still doing the one QB. If you are doing super flex, maybe you increase the ADP by six to 10 to 12, depending on um, the emphasis people put on QB in your league. Cause in a super flex, it'll be QB top heavy in the first few rounds. So depending on how your league is structured, you can inflate the ADPs that, that I'll reference throughout this segment. Um, by a little bit, but in a, in a one QB dynasty startup, which I think is probably still most of the startups out there, Rashad Bateman startup ADP turtle is 53 overall. And that's representative of the wide receiver 24. Wow. So if even in a super flex add, add plus 12, he would be 65 and, and likely still the wide receiver 24. You're, you're getting a guy who's the wide receiver one on his team. And Hollywood Brown was just shipped out of town. I mean, the moment he was shipped out of town, it was wheels up for Bateman. And I Absolutely. mean wheels up. And, and the market, I don't think, has reacted as strongly as they should have with his ADP being wide receiver 24. That's, that's the last spot in the, in the wide receiver two range. And I think that's about the floor that you can expect. So you, if you're drafting a guy at his floor, I mean, what more do you want? I mean, it's it, it's the it's the best of both worlds. Is you're getting you're you're not overpaying for a guy, and it's all upside from that point forward. Now, this off season, what's going on? Well, he's been the apple of Lamar's eye all off season. Now, Lamar's lobbying for a new contract. There were parts of the season he's staying away from the team, all that sort of stuff. Well, Bateman has uh, his own YouTube channel. And if you pop over to that YouTube channel, you're going to see him having uploaded some extensive videos of his private workouts with uh, his new best friend forever, Lamar Jackson. So despite whatever's going on with Lamar, the team, and the contract, anything, him and Bateman are tight. It's the new Biffle relationship. And... 
Turtle, remind me, where did Rashad Bateman go to college? University of Minnesota. And, and what's their mascot? They are the Golden Gophers. Rashad Bateman is going to be the golden boy for people's squads this year. I don't hate it, man. I like Rashad. I like Rashad. And just to bring back and bring it all um, to full circle, you did offer me a great trade today. I wasn't ready to trade my run- one of my running backs for the receiver. I know you are going to give me a pick upgrade. But I just wasn't feeling great about it long term. I ended up trading that running back today, and I feel pretty good about it. So, like, <clears throat> it all it all worked out in the end. I'm sorry that we couldn't make that trade. I didn't mean to bring frustration into your world. But you have a golden nugget, golden gopher. You have just a golden opportunity with this man, Rashad Bateman. And, and Bateman's got the golden opportunity himself. I mean, that's exactly got, right. He's got no one in front of him on the depth chart. And and yeah, of course, Andrews Andrews is there. He's going to get his fill. But um, Bateman had a, had a good enough floor last year as a rookie in terms of of targets and, and looks. And now everything from Hollywood freed up. You You're look right. at Mark Andrews' numbers. He can't eat any more than he did last year. The guy was the tight end one by by a decent margin. I mean, his his numbers will stay the same, and a lot of that. Hollywood production volume is going to go over to Bateman. So can't, can't speak highly enough about him with that said to the dynasty league, uh, managers, Bateman on the block. Come get (laughs) it. All right, let's flip it. Stock down. Who is fantasy bad news for their managers on the Baltimore Ravens this year? So originally I put in the whole backfield for the Ravens, but I changed it to just J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, two for two. Really? Stock down J.K. Dobbins as well. Really? Why don't you tell us what you got? Well, I just think it's extremely tough to gauge that Ravens backfield this year. I know that um, in the beginning of the offseason, which could be fluff, that they were saying that J.K. Dobbins could end up on the pup list to start the year. So with that being said, Gus Edwards and, and Dobbins were both injured last year. They're both going to be be healthy at some point this year. And I just think that becomes more of a 50-50 split because Gus Edwards is no schlub. He is a pretty good running back in the NFL. I know that um, he averages 5.5 yards per carry since like 2018, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's going to be putting in the work. Then you got Lamar, who's going to be who's going to be vulturing goal line touchdowns. He's going to be running a thousand yards for the season. So I just think it's really tough to say who's going to be the guy who breaks out in that offense as a running back. Yeah. No, it's I get tough. it. You hit on a lot of the the same points I had. Um, I'll add that earlier reports this. Um, offseason have him as a prime candidate for the PUP list. So I think he's going to be placed on the pup, uh, at least in camp. We'll see if he can get off the pup before uh, they trim down to the 53-man rosters. If not, he's going to be missing a few games to start the year. Yeah, I'm not not even out on on Dobbins. I'm not out on Dobbins at all. I think that he's got a huge breakout potential this year. I don't don't believe that. You don't think at all? His startup ADP, and I think this is where the market has been um, 
pretty savvy. Um, start up ADP right now, 34 overall, RB15. Now, yeah. um, that sunk over the past month with the negative reports around the knee. His RB uh, rank has dropped uh, startup from the RB10 in Dynasty startups to RB15. So he's dropped. I think more appropriately, he's going to be weighted somewhere in the RB18 range, and that's where he should be. I mean, if I look at J.K. Dobbins and I look at another guy in that range, like David Montgomery, mm-hmm. I mean, give me Montgomery nine times out of ten. Yeah, I understand that. He's got more pass-catching upside as well. Um, yeah, he averaged, he, five, he averaged five targets a game with Justin Fields. Yeah, I and, get that. And you know what? Fields Fields is a bit of a runner. There, there's no other guy in the league who's running the ball um, like Lamar Jackson. And, no, no chance. Um, you know, if anyone is going to be due for some positive touchdown regression on the ground, it's going to be Lamar, who only had, I believe, two rushing touchdowns last year, and I think they came in the same game. So, uh, you know, there's there's a lot working against Dobbins. It's not just the knee. It's um, – the, the cost that I think is a little too high, even though the market is aligning with our take of it coming down, I still don't think we've reached the floor for Dobbins mm-hmm. as to where it's appropriate to, to start buying. Yeah, I understand that. I still like Dobbins as a player. I just don't like that he's going to be more or less in a 50-50 split with uh, yep. Gus Edwards when healthy. Yep. All right, talk to me about stock up for the Cleveland Browns. Stock up for the Cleveland Browns is going to be Kareem Hunt. No way, dude. Three out of three. Really? Are you serious, dude? Dead serious. Kareem Hunt. I mean, stock I up. mean we're on the same page. That's a, that's a very big positive. But, no. I mean, the reason behind it is it's tough to say who's up on the Cleveland Browns roster with all the Deshaun Jackson, Tom Foolery going on. Deshaun Watson, yeah. Yeah, Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Watson. We didn't even like to say his name on this podcast. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But I think the person that's going to see the biggest bump is going to be Kareem Hunt. Because Beef Brisket, a.k.a. Jacoby Brissett, when he's in the game, is going to be a checkdown machine. And we know that Nick Chubb's not going to be getting any of the checkdown work. Or very, 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 very limited. Um, So I think that... Kareem Hunt could definitely do some dangerous things in the uh, 2022 season. In the 2021 season, through the first six games, he was averaging 17 points per game, which was top 10 at his position. I don't expect that to be the case, but I do expect him to get back down to that like 13 to 15 points per game um, average and maybe keep it as long as he's healthy. So for that reason, I just think that Kareem Hunt is an extremely good player and then the other thing is imagine if kareem hunt gets traded that means dernis johnson er, aka Ernest, goes into that role and then and then um kareem hunt can possibly take a backfield to himself yeah i mean honestly i was gonna say you know there's been some off-season fluff trade cut rumors it doesn't worry me like, uh, like you said if he goes somewhere else if he gets traded somewhere else uh well that's of interest right because the team that is getting him traded for him they plan to use him yes if he gets cut 
Well, then he can sign wherever he and his agent thinks is best, and it might be for the most money, or it could be for the best situation. Um, who knows? But I think he stays. I think they need him. I think they have a rock-solid defense in Cleveland. They have a great offensive line. And they thought they got the missing piece that they needed to be a championship team in Deshaun. Once. Mm. Like if they're it. not going to just go full mulligan on this season once Deshaun Watson gets his uh, minimum one-year suspension and, and hopefully more than that, but I'm I'm pegging Watson as likely lost for the entire 22 season and possibly longer just for the record. Um, Hunt's going to have to carry a significant load. There's no other way that this offense is going to operate because Chubb is only going to be able to do so much, and Hunt has... Uh, a totally different unique skill set out of the backfield. One which, if you have a QB that you're not confident of pushing the ball downfield accurately, if you want to have him game manage and kind of hide him as much as possible, Hunt's going to have to do a lot of that dirty work in the in the short field. I, I think... Um, he himself actually earlier today, I saw a blurb of him kind of self-declaring that he's finally healthy. Obviously he was, had some, a lot of issues last year. Yeah. So, I mean, things one after another are trending up again, startup dynasty ADP. He's going at 92 overall. That's the RB 32. Wow. Uh, yeah. Give me that all day. Give me that all day day in terms of, uh, a low cost that I have to, to spend for a guy who, um, could return you low end wider suit, low end running back to value and upside for more if there's injuries ahead of him. So, uh, I like him. I think obviously Watson being sidelined puts a dent in his ultimate ceiling, but I also think the inverse worked to solidify his floor just out of pure necessity now in that team lacking weapons. Yeah, that makes sense. That's what I got, Kareem Hunt. I won't be trading for him from Jesse. Already tried before I put that on the record and <laughs> straight reject. So straight reject. We know who our next we know who our next guy is. I mean it's it's Are uh, we gonna be four out of four? I mean, I would assume so. I mean, it's 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 it might be low level thinking, but it's just the damn truth. It's it's Deshaun Watson. Okay, I'm a little different. Um, That's cool because I didn't want to choose him, but I had to. Yeah, I had to. I mean, there's not much to say about the guy. I mean, he signed a mega contract just to be suspended for probably a full year. I. I, when I had him on my team, I was saying six to eight games. Now that he's off my team, I'm saying a year plus. I don't care. Whatever the NFL gives him, he deserves, and he's got to deal with it. I hope there's not an appeal process. And, you know, the guy, he shouldn't really be spoken about, but because he's a, a faller in this segment, I'll say he's the biggest faller until he returns to the field. Um, it sucks for the Browns. It sucks for that organization but it's just what he's dealing with right now. Um, so for that reason, he's down. He's all the way down. He's a tough guy to have on your dynasty roster right now because you know that he's hard to move. Luckily, I was able to move him. I had to move one of the elite prospects along with him to get him off my team, but I actually feel pretty good about that. 
Yeah, it's it's tough uh, to be a Deshaun Watson owner. Uh, you got to look inwardly and see if that's even a guy that you want on your roster. If it's yeah, if it's, if it's part of the the conscious of your team. <laughs> I mean, my guy is a direct impact to the Deshaun Watson likely suspension that um, might be coming later this week. It's Amari Cooper. Start up ADP is 56 overall. That's the wide receiver 25. It's basically a wide receiver two. That's a bargain if Deshaun Watson's the QB, but the market has reacted and pushed him way down the draft board, and I don't think it's low enough. Um, Jacoby Brissett certainly not going to be producing any wide receiver ones, and based on how we discussed how they're going to have to run the ball and hide the quarterback, I find it hard to believe that he's even going to produce a solid wide receiver, too, that's dependable. For my money, he's going to have to play the short game, and um, unless Amari Cooper suddenly changes his route-running style um, from being an outside guy to a slot-type dude, I think this is going to be just a wasted year. Um, Unfortunately for Amari, who made the big move with probably intentions of knowing that he was going to go to a team to make a championship run, it's not going to work out for him at least this year. Um, That alpha wide receiver in a Watson-led offense, that monstrous monstrous ceiling that I myself was salivating over when all these dots started to connect – the overtures that I made to try to acquire him. So glad that they were rebuffed then because all that's evaporated and the floor just absolutely opened and he is falling down. He's going to be spending his age 28 season with Jacoby Brissett at the helm. Just think about that. You're 28. You are in one of the final prime years of your career before statistically you will drop off and you're connected to Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, it's sad. It, it's R.I.P. R.I.P. Amari Cooper stock. I think, I, think, I think that his stock is definitely down, but I also do think that Br- Beef Brisket is going to have to force feed him. Um, I don't think that he'll live up to that ADP, but I don't think he'll be too far behind. I don't know. I don't know that, I don't know that he's capable. Yep of force feeding him and and if he is force fed one thing we've seen in amari cooper is the guy can't stay healthy yeah so if all of a sudden the plan is to increase his workload massively i'd be worried about this guy on the ir starting what week six uh i don't i just do not see it happening because watson would have been able to spread the coverage get ancillary pieces involved in the wide receiving core, whether it's DPJ, David Bell, Anthony Schwartz, etc., David Njoku. They wouldn't have to solely key in. If Brissett only has eyes for Amari Cooper, well, the defense is only going to have eyes for Amari Cooper. I, I just don't see it. And you think there's zero, absolute zero chance that Baker stays? 0.0% chance. Fair. So then it's going to be beef brisket. It's a sad day to be a Cleveland fan. Sorry, Timmy.
That's fair. All right, next. You know Let's... who we have. Yeah, you tell me. Who are we going? Where are we going? I was going to go to the Super Bowl runner-ups. Yep. Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, as was I. Okay. The stock. This up was there. a hard one. Hard. Yeah, so hard. So hard. hard to say stock up. Because you want to know not much? It's no. A lot of neutral. It's a lot neutral. It's it's neutral. Stock is neutral on all of these on all of these players. But if I am gonna pick one guy, it's got to be Burrow just because of the surrounding cast, and his okay. ADP isn't as high as it could be. Mm-hmm. So for that reason, I think that he's set up for success to smash through that ADP even without any really rushing upside. Um, you know, he's got so many weapons around him. Tyler Boyd can be a wide receiver too on any other team. That 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 if he was on any other team, he'd be a clear-cut wide receiver too on that team. So he has all the weapons to just absolutely dominate again. I think last year he cemented himself as one of the greatest under 25 quarterbacks in the NFL, and he's just going to continue to rise. So that's the only reason why, but I do agree that most of their stock is neutral just because there hasn't been so many changes. I mean, we'll get to Jamar Chase in a second because he's got such a high ADP that he might not touch it this year if it falls into place because Higgins – has the potential to outscore Jamar. Um, But, yeah, that's the reason why I think um, it's got to be Burrow. If it's anyone on that team, it's got to be Burrow. Yeah, so for me, when I look at their offseason moves, they really made upgrades along the offensive line. Yeah. So, partly, yeah, that'll protect Burrow. Could that help the running game? Sure, right? The other move that they made was at the tight end position. And that's where my stock up player came in just because as you said, it was very hard to pick someone. So when I look at year over year change, whose ceiling moved the most, I hung my hat as my stock up player of Hayden Hurst. Hmm. Far and away to me, it felt like the easiest player in the Bengals that could return value based on, cost to acquire or startup draft cost and startup ADP. He is the 214th overall player off the board on average. And that is good for the tight end 28. Now, if anything happens to that wide receiver core, I'd like to be the, I'd like to be the guy with a couple shares of a move tight end, former first round pick Hayden Hurst. Um, early reports and OTAs claim that he's looking good, has some building chemistry with Burrow. I mean, I'm not going to try to pump this guy's price. Um, this is not a pump and dump Hayden Hurst scheme. I just think when I look across the board and you're telling me he's the 214th pick off the board, hell, give me him. And I think he's going to overperform that by season's end just because he's tied to such a great offense. Nothing yeah, I more like to that. say. I like that. Stock down was hard, too, because honestly, it's um, this is a team with, again, a lot of neutral year-over-year stances. My stock down, though, once I started looking to, into it, I started to be 
more and more convinced that it's Joe Mixon. Now, the cost to acquire Joe Mixon is astronomical because he is viewed as a three-down back in an explosive offense with a smart, young, offensive-minded coach, an elite quarterback, good wide receivers, great wide receivers, honestly, um, who won't allow the defense to key in on the run and a vastly improved offensive line. So how the hell is Joe Mixon stocked down? Well, for me, you guys have viewed the uh, DynastyDrama.com website. You'll see that in the contributors corner. Running backs entering their age 26 season, it's the beginning of the end for them. Joe Mixon will be entering the 2022 season at 26 years of age. The startup ADP is 15th overall. That's good for the RB8. And we're talking dynasty stock up, down here. This time next year, Joe Mixon will not fetch you anywhere close to the value in which he can fetch you today. That is just a pure fact. I don't care what Joe Mixon does this year. He'll be 27 next year. That might as well be Tom Brady, age 44, in the mind of dynasty owners. They will tell you to take a hike. Joe Mixon is entering what could be his final peak year, and we're getting reports out of camp, murmurs, backdoor whispers, that he could be losing third down work to Chris Evans. This is not what you want to hear. This is not what you want to hear as a Joe Mixon owner. And this is a guy who could very quickly turn into a bag that you don't want to have too many shares of in a dynasty format. So for me, the more and more I thought about it, the more out and out I became in terms of where his stock is trending, both in the short term, maybe not so much, but in the long term, certainly down, down, down. That makes sense. I had Jamar Chase, and it's not... That's bold. It's just not because of lack of talent. It's almost the same analysis that you used for Jonathan Taylor. There's not very far for him to move up. He is such a stud. He's such an absolute freak athlete. But I think that the target share could be distributed just a little bit different this year, and I think that Higgins can be more involved. And I also think Tyler Boyd can be more involved. So his ADP is what? It's it's probably three or four. Can you look that up real quick? Yeah. It's got to be like three or four. In a dynasty startup? It's three. Yeah, so it's three. So it's Taylor, Jefferson, Chase. Yeah, so, I mean, do I think that he'll touch those numbers? Absolutely. I think that he's going to be a physical specimen again this year, and I don't think it's even in question. He's one of the best players, one of the best young players in the NFL. He's at a position at wide receiver where he's going to be successful for the next many years. But there is a slight chance that he doesn't live up to that ADP of three this year. Maybe he finishes as 10 overall, or maybe he finishes yeah. as eight overall. So that's the only reason his stock's down. It's not. It has nothing to do with him as 
being an athlete, I just don't know if he's going to repeat the same numbers as he did last year. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a good point. Um, you know, I, I've, I've heard and I've read articles that, um, that say, you know, Justin Jefferson, for example, yeah, we might, he's had an incredible rookie season an incredible sophomore season, excuse me, incredible sophomore season. And there's arguments out there that with this new coach in town, O'Connell, moving to away from being run heavy and into pass happy, that we've not seen the ceiling yet for Justin Jefferson. And that's a scary thing. What we don't hear people saying is the same thing for Chase. He had such an electric rookie season. He could certainly repeat it. He could certainly get a touchdown more, a couple hundred yards more. But equally is, well, T. Higgins played the majority of the season with a torn labrum. Yep. And who the heck knows what happens when you take away some of these 70, 60, 80-yard catch and runs as defenses wise up a little bit to Jamar and he needs to win in different ways. Can he do it? Sure. He's got all the skill in the world. We got to have the confidence that he can. But it's interesting the tale of two elite wide receivers is diverging a little bit at this point, at least in the off season as you know, it is narrative season, but interesting figured I'd point it out. It makes sense. He, I mean, he's got, I mean, Justin Jefferson's got direct competition with Adam Thielen there, but Adam Thielen's they're almost 32 years old. So, you know, it's a lot different than having direct competition with, Tyler Boyd, who's like 27, maybe 28, and then, you know, T. Higgins, who's just as young as as, as Chase. Yeah, um, and in a dynasty format, we're talking Chase, top two, and Higgins, top six, top five? Yeah, he's definitely top, he's definitely top seven, I would so, say. He's got to be. I mean, yeah, I, we really got to look at this and say, you know, if they're not so far apart, could they flip flop? It's, po- it's maybe possible. not permanently, but maybe once every other season. Yeah, it could be a, it could be an every other year type thing where they key in. They the defense is key in more on Jamar Chase, and then then T Higgins explodes, and then vice versa. Next year they t- they key in on Higgins. You know, it could just be the old switcheroo Magoo. Old switcheroony. Last yep. team in the AFC North. AFC North has been fun. Now we're at yeah. Pittsburgh. It's a great it's a great, it's a great division. Steelers are going to be a completely different team. Big yes. Ben's gone. Um, Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator, said straight up last year, we're not going to run my offense. We're going to run the offense that Ben Roethlisberger wants. Mike Tomlin said before uh, the ink was even dry on Ben's retirement papers that the next QB – for the Pittsburgh Steelers is going to have to be mobile. And the reason they're going to have to be mobile is because that's the type of quarterback that Matt Canada wants to run his offense. So the team we know and the offense and how they're going to look is going to be absolutely and dramatically different year over year. It's going to be akin to a new coach coming in, even though everyone stayed the same except the QB. It was the QB that made the offense look like that last year. So, we'll have to see 
how things go. But I think there's a lot of untapped opportunity here. By and large, we have a fantasy community down on the Steelers, I think, year over year. And I don't understand why. I think we saw the worst version of Ben Roethlisberger we'll ever see. We had a guy who took the snap from the shotgun, immediately got it out of his hand with Brady-like speed. Didn't want the ball, didn't go deep, wasn't mobile, one-dimensional offense. Now we have um, two first-round picks in the QB room, and we're down on the offense. I mean, I, I don't personally understand it. With uh with that lamenting by me out of the way, Turtle, who did you have for your stock up for Pittsburgh? And was it easy for you to choose? Yeah, it was easy for me to choose. And it's maybe a little it might be a little biased. But uh it's it's Deontay Johnson. Okay, talk to me about Deontay. Deontay finished as wide receiver eight last year overall with decrepit old Big Ben Roethlisberger not being able to throw the ball more than 10 yards down the field. I think that Mitch or Pickett are an extreme upgrade from 42-year-old Big Ben. I think that Deontay Johnson is one of the most elite separators in all of the NFL. He's still extremely young, and I only see him continuing to get better year over year. I think that if he finishes top 10 again this year, people's outlook is going to change on Deontay Johnson because I truly feel that a lot, maybe not majority, but a lot of the dynasty community is very down on Deontay Johnson. Yeah. And I don't really know. I don't buy it. I don't like it. And I think that it's kind of blasphemous because the guy has gotten better year over year and it's completely in the realm of possibility that it's his year three breakout this year. Wow. Another guy who's going to just be wow. absolutely force fed. He'll be force fed. Wow. Especially I'd, ar- with I'd the- argue, I'd argue turtle that he's already broken out. And I, I agree with you. I agree with you. He's broken out, but I think that I, I think that he also has a little bit more room to go to improve because yeah. he's that good of a separator. You're going to consider yourself a bit of a savant here especially with some of the words that you said, I'm going to skip my player up for the Pittsburgh Steelers and I'm going to go my player down, which is Deontay Johnson. Go for it. Let's hear it. And um, you made a lot of good points and I might be changing my outlook a little bit, but when I, again, I was looking at this a little bit differently. When I looked at Deontay Johnson's season of 169 targets last year by a barely there Ben Roethlisberger, who was clearly hyper-targeting low A dot. I mean, 170 targets. I, year over year, I think that, that has to come down one. That's a lot of targets. When I look at the cost, and again, he's on your team, so you don't need to acquire him. But for others out there who are startup ADP drafting, uh, just an alternative view. As Turtle said, he finished as the wide receiver eight. His ADP is 31 overall, which is good for the wide receiver 13. Now, if you're on the turtle camp, that's a bargain. If you think wide receiver eight is the median or he's even got room to grow from that. For me, I look at that and I say, well, I'm almost, I'm basically 
it's one spot removed from wide receiver 12. I'm basically guaranteeing that this guy is a wide receiver one. Mm-hmm. The reason why in Dynasty I'm a little concerned about that is, is one, because, um, you know, the, the question marks around QB will, and the offense overall. We know that the offense is going to look drastically different. We don't know what that means. Is it ground heavy? Is it pass heavy? Is it balanced? Um, that remains to be seen. The bigger thing, though, from a dynasty standpoint is it's the exact opposite of what just happened with Terry McLaurin. With Terry McLaurin, who just signed a contract this week, you know exactly what you're getting. You yep. know he's going to be on a team with at least a Carson Wentz-level quarterback um, moving forward. And if the quarterback gets better, hell, the opportunity gets better. Deontay, on the other hand, is entering a walk season where he's on a team that historically has let those people leave year over year. They, they prefer to draft um, and spend their money elsewhere. Now, they're not spending that big money on Ben Roethlisberger, so are things going to be different? Absolutely. But is that the best thing for Deontay? Would it be better for him to go onto the market and get linked up with a better quarterback than would be in Pittsburgh? The uncertainty around there comes at a, at a cost. It's not a certain situation. So when I, when I put the, the, the potential talent level of the player under center, when I put together the unknown path ahead um, following the 2022 season, um, for me, it feels like a guy who, if the cost to acquire is wide receiver 13, it feels like someone who is going to come short of that in the 2022 season. And when I'm sitting in the 2023 preseason I'm going to have a less valuable Deontay Johnson a year from now than I have heading into the season. I know you hate it, Turtle. No, I don't hate it. I respect the analysis, but I, I mean, so say Deontay does take a walk and then he ends up on a team with an elite quarterback. You're saying that he can't improve on his value if he no, moves no, no. to another what do you, what exactly do no, you mean? I, I'm saying that. I, I'm saying he could improve if he oh, moves. Oh. Yeah, but, yeah. But before we get to there, before we get to free agent offseason frenzy and all that sort of stuff in twenty twenty three, I feel like he's gonna have a lo- he's gonna have a lower than a wide receiver eight finish. Yeah. Up. He could and therefore I will have a lower value asset on my hands at the end of the season than I have at the beginning of the season who's fresh off a wide receiver eight. But to your point, if the community is already down, baking that risk in, whatever, um, maybe I am overstating the potential drop because maybe the drop has already occurred and you're getting him at or around maybe his floor of value. When I look at it, if I was in a startup and I need to draft him at 31 overall, which is in the third round, I think there's probably other third-round players that I'm going for over Deontay Johnson personally. That's fair. Stock down for you, and then I'll, and then I'll finish with my stock up. I don't have a huge explanation for why this man's stock is down, but 
it's Chase Claypool, and the reason, the one reason behind it is because he just came on to Twitter and said that he is a top three wide receiver in the NFL. It's weird, right? And I, that just made, I didn't like Chase Claypool from the beginning. He's maybe top three on his team. Yeah, when he said that, that just made me not like him anymore. So for that reason, his stock is down. I like George Pickens to actually step into that role and be a better wide receiver than Claypool ever will be. I mean, it's funny. You had Darren Waller come out today and, and he was giving his top five NFL tight ends by Darren Waller and puts himself at one. I mean... I like that. Humility is lacking with a lot of people. it's a good segue to my player up as we wrap this segment, and it is George Pickens. George Pickens. George Pickens, my jockstrap. Yes, sir. We did not get very far with that one. I should have made it Pickens, my Mo Alley Cox, but I didn't think that they would accept it, bro, so I didn't do it. I I G-rated it, and it was stupid. That's funny. All right, so Pickens, he's coming off the board at 94 overall. That's wide receiver, 43. That's a, that's a mid-range wide receiver, four. Um, he's got the path to um, be the wide receiver one in Pitt as early as 2023. You know, We talked about that depends on if Deontay stays. That depends on how quickly... Chase Claypool inevitably falls on his face this year. Yep. We know that traditionally Pitt's not going to be paying their wide receiver talent electing to draft. And by all accounts, a lot in the draft Knicks in the community there, if it wasn't for some of the off-field stuff, if it wasn't for the the ACL that he had to fight back from, but even more so than the ACL because he did he did come back and play on it and be fine. It was the off-field stuff that drove his draft stock down. Now, we've seen that again and again. I mean, Laramie Tunsil, Joe Mixon, they, if you're talented and you belong in the first round and a team gets you late, you're still a first-round talent. doesn't matter where Wikipedia says you were drafted. This is the same for George Pickens. In my book, he's a first-round talent. He went to a team who year over year over year knows how to develop people of his size and his skill set into elite assets. He's an OTA stud. I mean, he's out there really, really showing what he can do. And so far from the staff, from the local beat reporters, it's been nothing but positive so far. And the stock up is because his ADP is just so damn low, so affordable, that I think as more and more comes out, when the pads come on, Pickens is not going to shrink. Pickens is only going to get bigger and stronger and faster than the other people around him who once the pad comes on gets slower because of that, who don't perform as well as they do in gym shorts. This is an elite athlete. This is a man who, man, how many times, how how many times in a row could you watch that draft review video standing in front of the television? This is a guy just mentally who is ready to, to just tear it up. I'm a Pickens believer. 
And it's just the cost to acquire is so low. I mean, in many of your leagues, you might be able to get him for a future second-round pick, and I urge you to do that. Um, certainly in our league, that won't be happening as the resident's pick and zoner. However, I'm happy to see what this guy does, both this year. Do I, do I think he's going to light the league on fire? I don't want to say that. Deontay is, is a very, very, very good wide receiver, despite – some of the things I previously said about him. And uh, I think Fryermuth is a very good tight end. And I think Najee is a very capable pass catcher. And we got a rookie who needs to learn an offense and earn his stripes. So I'm not going to overpromise, but for Dynasty, which is what we're talking, this is a guy who I can see trending on. I think it's safe to say a Michael Pittman trajectory turtle year over year over year. I mean, where right now he's, he's a hot buy entering year three Pickens feels like a guy who entering year three is going to be that caliber level of player. What say you? Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with that. I think Pickens is an absolute fantastic athlete and um, he's on a team that develops wide receivers. So, you know, he's definitely put in a position to succeed so we shall see what he does. I wouldn't have too high of hopes this year for him. Unless your boy Claypool gets injured. Hopefully Deontay doesn't get injured, knock on wood. But um, if someone gets injured, Pickens is going to step right in, and I think that he'll see a very big role. I mean, he's not as big as DK Metcalf, but doesn't he just give you like the same like athlete, like just straight-up dog mentality as like permeates off of DK? <laughs> Yeah, he's a dog. He just feels like just the guy who's like, I mean, he just grunts all the time with just dissatisfaction that he he didn't get the route absolutely perfect. That practice ended, grunts. I want to be out there and run more. He just feels like that's all he cares about. Um, And then fighting dudes off the field is his his second um, hobby. But still, football field is what we're talking about here. Yes. George picking stock way up. That's what we got. AFC North. Stock up, stock down. Hate it or love it. Those are the facts. Turtle, what else you got before we sign off? I'm happy to be back. We got the good show rolling, and just keep tuning in because we got more and more content coming out. All right, so we got this. Again, we're recording this on June 29th. We're going to give our sound engineer some time to get back and add it. He's on a nice road trip. For the July 4th holiday, these will be posted out to your podcasting platforms a little bit later. So keep in mind if any of these, if anything happens to these guys over the next few days before these are posted and you're listening to it, give us, uh, give us a little bit of out there because we're recording it on June 29th in the evening. All right, Turtle, it's good to be back on the, uh, the airwaves here. I did appreciate uh, the time off and, and to, to refresh, but uh, we're back at it. We're going to grind the rest of these divisions. We're going to talk a bunch of other cool stuff and try to fill this dead area of the offseason with some interesting listening for people's um, eardrums. Sounds like a plan, Matt. All right, man. We will talk to you later. Thanks, Later, guys. my brother.